No, this just goes back to your goals is that just figuring out where you wish to be. And then from there, as you can reverse engineer, okay, I want to just be in single family. I want to be in multifamily. Or if you're looking for a more scalable model, then single family may not be the best bet. Uh, and then consider looking at multifamily. But if you're someone that is a little bit trigger shy or not as confident uh, with actually, and you're working towards your first deal, then that could be, okay, starting with single family. Then you start to get momentum and the snowball effect. Then you build that confidence and then can shift to multifamily. Welcome back to the Real Estate Syndication Show where I continue the conversation with Sterling. And he is sharing and being so transparent about so many things that I'm learning so much from. I know you are as well. I hope you have liked and subscribed to the show whether you're listening on YouTube or on your phone. One way or another, we would appreciate a comment and a five-star review as well. Please stick around. Sterling shares some many, just many great tidbits that are going to help you to improve personally and professionally to getting to the next deal also. Sterling, welcome back. Man, we've had some great discussions from your childhood to just some hard times, how you came out of that college to getting into real estate, to finding the mentor and how he helped you find that, get into the first single family deal, finding a business partner to then how you scaled finding deals to even sending potentially, maybe you, you had never done this, I'm not sure, but sending a seller a potato to get their attention. I did not personally send them potato. Has come to mind a couple of times. So grateful for the conversation and just us diving into some different topics that I know you're an expert in. Uh, again, man, 150 you know single family homes pivoting, right? In a big way, you, know, you scaled that and that definitely didn't happen without a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication to make that happen. I know very few people who have that many single family homes, right? I, I mean, they've built amazing business, even local. And I mean, local to me here that I know are like, man, they're the single family guy. I mean, they know this city, like the back of their hand, you know, they 150 single family homes scattered all over. But man, you pivoted then and said, you know what? I think I, I have a better path, but I want to jump into that. And maybe you can help us think through some things to consider when deciding, you know, whether that investor or whether they should invest in single family or multifamily. It's a question I get often. I'm sure you do as well. So help us think through that. Yeah, I'd say, I wouldn't call it double sword, but I've pull from both ends that if I were to go do it all over again, because this is a common question I get too, is would you still start with single family? Yes, because it was a lower barrier of entry. And that's, I was able to get my foot in the door and then the snowball effect I was able to get uh, from that. And then I was able to use a lot of that single family experience, especially at that scale, uh, was significantly easier when it came to, to multifamily. So that's what I would say. But then it just comes down to your goals and where you're wanting to go. Because someone could easily be, let's say, 5, 10, or even 15 properties, just single families, and be financially free. So that's another thing is on the side of you're wanting to have a more scalable model from that and you're doing syndications, then that's something to consider is whether single family is the right thing to do, especially if you're doing self-managing. That's when you would actually more consider or look into the option of multifamily. Yes. I know there's so many things that are, you know, like personal things you got to figure out, right? What are your goals? Where, where are you trying to go? I think often, man, it's just assumed that you have to start with single family. I mean, do you feel like you almost have to start that way? Not necessarily, but thing that can be daunting for most people. I'm trying to think at the, the time is when I started the single family is what my mindset was, or I don't even know if I consider investing in multifamily at that time, but just saying that it could be pretty daunting to purchase multiple units at once. So that's could be why I wouldn't say recommend, but the single family side is just from a mental standpoint that it's just one unit there, you buy that. And then let's say you buy the, the next and then you from there, okay, now I'm starting to get more comfortable. I understand the model. It's less 
risk because if you go to 10 units, for instance, that's 10 different residents now that you have on your plate. So that could be daunting to someone versus just one resident. You get familiarized and then you start to grow from there and say, okay, this is simple. I understand it. It's not as difficult as I thought. Okay, now I could be able to start to go to larger deals. Awesome. I speak to like why multifamily? Why invest in multifamily and not just stay single family? I would say why not uh, multifamily for everyone? Whitney, you're, you're in a space of you're familiar with why, but it's just the amount of transactions. So 110, 120 transactions from the single family side in order to get to about the 150 uh, single families and then bought as of uh, recent 156 unit apartment complex, which was just one transaction, all 150 units in one location. So there's that. So that's what I would say is the the biggest benefit uh, from those two is really just the scalability and then also the economies uh, of scale. And then I would say the return on time, your ROI on the time is better as well. I think that's something so many forget about, right? Is the time that it's going to take. They think, oh, wait a minute, you know, why invest in this deal when I can go do that myself, right? Well, you might be able to do it yourself, but man, if you count all the time spent, I mean, the time you spent finding those 150 units, 150 single family homes, right? I mean, I mean, there was so much time invested in that versus finding this one transaction, which still took a lot of time. It's still probably a lot less than finding 150 single family homes, right? To find that 150 unit uh, apartment building. And that's another belief and a fear, of course, but it goes full circle that I also had to remove is the value of time. And one of the things I've learned, and it took so long for me to hear it, it was Grant Cardone that said this, he would say rich people buy time. And for the longest time, I did not get that. But this was one point where I was at the uh, amusement park. It was Kings Island. And uh, I was with my little brother because I'm a part of it was uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters where I actually get back my time at Mentor. Someone who's actually in the environment that I uh, ended up growing up in. And so I was there with my friend and business partner, uh, Jacob, and he had his little brother. And I say, hey, let's go ahead and get fast passes. Trust me, we'll need those. He's like, uh, I don't know. I said, just get it. So when we're there, park first opens up and the fast passes didn't really matter as much because there's not many people at the park. But then as the day starts to progress, the favorite ride, the top rides were about two hours long for the journal admission. But us for the fast passes, it was just 10 to 15 minutes. And then that's when it really just sank. Okay, that is the value of buying time and just time in itself is yet. That's one story I want to share with people when it comes to that. That's a neat analogy to think through that as well. You could spend a little more money on that ticket and you gained a ton of time back. Yeah, we're better able to utilize that day as well. Neat statement there. So return on the time. You know, I had this call or this investor called me one time and he said, I'll never forget he and his wife were on, were on the phone and they had, they had owned the single family home for a number of years. Uh, I would say six or eight years. But just the timing in the market, they sell it, they make 350000 on this one single family home, right? Because of what's happened in the market. Uh, and so during the call, they're like, well, why wouldn't I just go do that again? And I said, well, how many of those can you find? Do you have the time to go find more single family homes? And guess what? You bought that how many years ago, right? That's probably not going to happen over the next three or five years, maybe. I don't know. It might, but uh, but either way, do you have the time to go find those deals? Do you have the time to manage those deals? Do you have the time to take the tenant calls? It's just like we forget about that, right? Well, no, I can go do it myself and save all the time or save all the money, you know, uh, you don't really think through the time invested. So 
What about transitioning from single family to multifamily? It's so common that somebody does start, you know, with a single family home or small multifamily, uh, you know, but especially a single family home and moving into multifamily. Any thoughts on, you know, transitioning from one to the other, whether it's the mindset, whether it's the skill sets needed uh, or even the team needed, you know, let's walk through some of that. Yeah, that's a, well, luckily had the single family experience at that scale. So was able to build a property management company to manage that many single families. So the transition wasn't, too difficult to that very first uh, deal of uh, 46 units. It was actually easier to manage that than all the others, uh, but it did come down to different skill set in underwriting the deals and understanding how they're exactly uh, valued because a single family, as an example, is, okay, that sold across the street for this, this sold across the street for this. It's comparable property to this. It's also three bedroom, one bath, such as mine with the detached garage, but on multifamily is you're looking at cap rates. Okay, based upon the net operating income. Okay. This is the cap rates of properties that have recently traded in this area. Okay. Now you can reverse engineer to determine what the value of the property is, which is entirely different from the, the single family side. So I would say that those differences and then also the, the channels. So was doing some off market on the single family, but did a mix of on market too. Uh, so it was a mix of on market and off market. But then when with the multifamily side, it was just strictly off market because this was in 2017 where the market was really starting to heat up, was going through brokers, and it was just not penciling out and even close to penciling out. So, okay, took a step back. Why not beat the brokers to the punch and actually go direct? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you beat them to the punch and go directly? Incredible. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the value and how we value multifamily, single family. I think that's a, a common, uh, just misunderstood, right? When you're first starting to think about doing a bigger deal, speak to cap rates a little bit. What does that mean? Or how would you explain that more on a basic level? What a cap rate is, maybe how we use that just a little bit without getting extremely technical uh, at this moment. Without getting too much into the technical side of things. It's just, in essence, a way to value the property. So as an example, I don't have my calculator on me, but if the ROI, I don't know if you're able to pull this up, but if the ROI, not the ROI, but the NOI on the property is, let's say $300,000, then you would take that, I believe you, let's say the cap rate is 5%, then you would divide it by 0.05. And then that's how you can reverse engineer and determine what the actual purchase price is. So that's how you would, in essence, uh, look at the cap rate. Okay. So that's six million. Yes, there we go. So in essence, that's how you would look at that. Yeah. So that cap rate can change things so quickly, right? Yeah. And that also comes into to play is that when you're valuing the one, what you can purchase the property, but also forecasting in the future okay, what I believe I can sell this property for. And this is the slippery slope that we've been going into in the most recent years is that people have been believing, uh, which has been the case, cap rates have steadily been compressing. But do now, especially at the time we're shooting this, do you still want to bank on cap rates still compressing, especially with the rising interest rates and some uncertainty in the future? But then you have some people that are still buying deals based upon that, which is fine. But then you just have to protect your downside that, okay, if cap rates don't keep compressing. Let's say you're buying it today at a six cap and you're going to say in the future, I believe I can sell it for a four and a half, five cap. And that is your conservative model. That could be a little bit slippery, but if that is your aggressive model and it still works on a conservative level at let's say five cap or five and a half cap, then there we go. So that's why I would say how that facts into on the multifamily side. Yeah. There's a lot to think about there. And let's say the 300,000 NOI, let's just talk about like say a value add. We all 
hear that term, right? Value add all the time. What might be a typical amount that we're trying to raise the NOI to? Uh, like 20,000, 25,000, 50,000. What do you think uh, would be a good number, just a ballpark to throw in here to so the listener can help think through what we're talking about? And this is comes to the, the technical side when it comes to the math, where this is out of my not having the strength on this, but I would say let's increase it 50,000. Okay, so 50,000. So is that 300,000 at a five cap? That's six million. So if we put 350,000 at a five cap, all of a sudden the value is 7 million. Uh, and so I just think it's like, it's valuable for the listener to hear, wow, you know, if I can increase the income, right? That's how commercial real estate's valued, right? If we there's we see value there that, hey, this previous seller did not capture, we can go in and capture that value by putting in better operations, right? Lowering expenses and whatever it may be. It may be a dog park or it may be covered parking or it may be some kind of trash pickup, it, all these things, right? Or just better units so we can, you know, raise the rent to market rent, like those things, but a million dollars difference. And that's, not adjusting the cap rate right at all. Uh, but then I, I wanted to go back. So 300,000 at a five cap, well, let's say the, you know, it goes to a four cap over the time that you have the project, but we've not increased the income at all. It's 300,000 goes from a five cap to a four. All of a sudden it went from 6 million to seven and a half million. There you go. Right. So that's why we have to know some of those things about the market we're in, right? Without getting extremely technical there. Yeah. And this is the other question that also comes up is where do you get that information on cap rates? And it's one experience, which doesn't help for people when they ask that question as well. Okay. I don't have experience, but the second is from brokers. And you just ask them, okay, well, and just doing uh, research, but also having conversations with brokers and seeing, okay, what are properties trading for? And then seeing how they previously were over the years and then how they are now. And then you can see a trend and then you just have to make educated guess. Because even when we're look forecasting in the future, we'll say, okay, we think cap rates are going to keep compressing or maybe they don't keep compressing. It's a guess based upon because who knows what's going to happen in the future. I mean, maybe some operators out there know. I know I don't know. So you're just making an educated guess in the, the future, but then you're also just protecting your downside in the situation that doesn't end up pending out in the future. And that's the uncertainty that we're facing in today's market uh, when it comes to forecasting deals in the future, because there's so much uncertainty that's what's going on. Yeah, no, that's incredible. I just like that example, right? Thinking through how we can increase the value or what cap rates do to the value of the project so people can think through like your example, even that you use. You have that single family or even a duplex, right? It's their, the value is based on the comparable properties. You raise the rent 20 bucks. Well, guess what? That's 20 bucks on morning income, right? You know, and the value doesn't really change based on that, right? They're going to still be looking at comparable properties versus if you have that 150 units and you raise each unit by 20, $25, right? It's such a bigger difference. Exactly. And it also varies on your buyer on the, the single family side. So if you have an investor coming in, they'll look at it as more of that, but oftentimes the incoming investor of your property isn't as of that sophistication. So they'll also still be looking at it more as, okay, this sold across the uh, street for this, this sold across the for this. But however, on multifamily, it's strictly looked at, okay, these are the numbers because it is a business in itself, even though single family, that also is the same in a way, but still multifamily, it's more predominantly look at that because those are the types of buyers that are actually buying those type of assets. Awesome. Sterling, anything else you want to leave us with before we 
when when someone is thinking through single family versus multifamily that the listeners should be considering before we have to close this segment out? No, this just goes back to your goals is that just figuring out where you wish to be. And then from there, as you can reverse engineer, okay, I want to just be in single family. I want to be in multifamily. Or if you're looking for a more scalable model, then single family may not be the best bet. Uh, and then consider looking at multifamily. But if you're someone that is a little bit trigger shy or not as confident uh, with actually, and you're working towards your first deal, then that could be, okay, starting with single family. Then you start to get momentum and the snowball effect. Then you build that confidence and then can shift to multifamily. So there's a lot of variables that go into that. Incredible. Sterling, grateful for just the thought, thinking through, I mean, 150 single family homes, some amazing experience there that helped you, uh, no doubt, scale in multifamily. But even thinking through how somebody, hey, if they didn't get to 150 units or single families, how they can still pivot. They can still make that transition. And maybe they possibly need some creative financing like you came up with uh, and, you know, many times, you know, to get that deal done, you found that seller. He was motivated just in some way and you didn't stop when he said, hey, it's going to require this. Yet you kept pursuing him and you came up with some creative financing ways, which we are going to get into next. Hope the listeners will stick around. How can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you? Yeah, so you can visit sterlingwhiteofficial.com. One more time, that is sterlingwhiteofficial.com. Then also on YouTube, you can find Sterling White. Type that in the search bar and we'll come right up tons of content that I'm actually putting out on a, a weekly basis, sharing more of these stories and also more insight to just the journey from single family to multifamily and how the journey continues. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.